Welcome to the Intention Training Podcast, where we talk about training, mindset, nutrition, wellness, and self-care. Hello, Intention listeners. Welcome to episode 35. Uh, We took a break because one, we moved and that was traumatic. And two, we were on the Hidden Gems podcast hosted by Marcus Johnson Luther. So go and check that out. We'll link that in the description below. Um, What's up with you, Roy? Um, nothing too much, just same old, reading a lot, spending a lot of time in the gym with clients, um, that's pretty much it. I am just kind of looking to continue to expand and take on new in-person clients for the most part, um, online clients if people are interested, but for me it's kind of just figuring out what this summer is going to look like, Mm -hmm. um, in terms of how I can help the most people um train the most athletes so i'm just kind of navigating that trying to um enjoy the process of that as opposed to rush through it rush through it or be looking so far ahead on Mm -hmm. what's next and trying to just appreciate the opportunities i have now um so yeah what about you nice well i have a meet um coming up may 15th in sheboygan wisconsin um don't really know where that is but i mean if you're looking for a powerlifting meet right now you're you're hard pressed to find one so um i took what i could get at the time i wanted it to be around and i don't have to buy a plane ticket so i'm really excited i have a feeling that um this is going to be a successful meet and it's kind of going to be my last one for a long while um and I'm going to do some weightlifting after that. So I'm really excited for all the change coming up. Um, I also became a Subject Zero ambassador. If you've been my friend or like following me on Instagram, um, you know that I've liked Subject Zero for a long time. Um, it's a supplement company, but it's backed by um, people that I know and like and trust. Um, so if you wanted to try any of their supplements... My code is Genesis10, and this feels so cheesy every time I say it, but um, gotta put myself out there. I use Ascend pretty regularly, which is their nootropic. Um, that is, nootropics are good for your brain and they don't have any stim. Um, and I also use Augment, which is a stim-free pre-workout pretty often, as well as Restoration, which is a sleep aid. So feel free to try any of those out. Let me know what you think. Um, I'll link that in the description below as well. So... Today, we're going to be talking about things that um, we get asked a lot, but that we're probably not equipped to talk about, which is... Mm, I don't know, not to interrupt, I don't know if I'd go that far. I think that the answers we provide right now are within our scope. Yeah. So I guess this is going to highlight our current approach um, to these questions and this Mm -hmm. topic. Um, With that said, I think that more education and more certifications are something that we both want to pursue so that we can um, dive a little bit deeper and be of a little bit more help on this front because Mm -hmm. it's a huge part of the um, training progression equation and Mm -hmm. what we're talking about is nutrition Um, like you said it's super common that um, people ask us about this clients um, potential clients just people Um, but like you said we're not really experts I mean Mm -hmm. we both you know you, you receive some education on it when you do your personal training um studying and certification um i definitely they they touch on it pretty extensively in the um 
CSCS textbook as mm-hmm. well, but we're not um, certified nutrition coaches. And we're not dietitians. And we're not dietitians, so we try to be really Careful. aware of that fact and never do things that we're not qualified to do. So with that said, um, we're mainly going to talk about a document that we've um, assembled that we call just our nutrition guidelines. So this resource gets given out to every client um, that that signs on with us. Mm-hmm. And what it is, is just kind of some general advice when it comes to optimizing your nutrition to help you meet your goals and be more energized and have better moods and whatnot. Um, a lot of this stems from our personal experience. A lot of it stems from research. independent research, and a lot of it stems from recommendations according to the um, organizations whose certifications we've done. For example, a lot of the numbers that we will cite are from the NSCA, which is the National Strength and Conditioning Association. Mm-hmm. Um, so without further ado, should we just take these one by one? Yeah, let's talk about it. So um, the first thing on the list um, is very important for athletes and people that just go to the gym. Um, I would say it's also important for just everyday people, even if you're sedentary. So it's aimed to consume 0.6 to 1 gram of protein per pound of body weight. And this you'll find if you look at any research is on the lower end of the spectrum anyways. A lot of people will eat... 1.6 to 1.8 times their body weight um, if they're a lighter athlete and depending on how their diet looks during a certain part of their training prep um, if they are doing physique per se let's say like carbs are going down protein's going to come up accordingly mm-hmm. um, but 0. 0.6 to 1 gram of protein per pound of body weight should be super manageable um, for a lot of people Yeah, and there are a lot of different numbers and um, recommendations surrounding protein. Um, It was once thought, too, that excess protein consumption could damage your kidneys, but that has been pretty well disproven in the literature, so don't worry about that. People who say that don't know what they're talking about. Um, But like you said, I mean, 0.6 to 1 gram um, of protein per pound of body weight, it is manageable, but... Mm -hmm. If you are somebody who is very overweight, um, that can be a huge, huge, um, what's the word I'm looking for, transition or change to make. Um, I think a lot of people probably aren't aware of how much protein they're consuming right now in the Mm -hmm. first place. So a lot of times when you tell somebody that and they start to track it or become more aware of it, they're shocked at um, how much protein that actually is. So Usually it's much under usually it's much under interestingly i've heard that in america we tend to do pretty well on protein i think that's Mm -hmm. because it's added into everything well that and just like usually when you're eating fatty foods Mm -hmm. too there there is some protein involved in that yeah um but i actually find that most people are not eating enough protein and that is an issue because and not eating enough in general and not eating enough in general which is especially um prevalent in athletes and younger athletes from what Mm -hmm. I've seen but um, let's try and stick to just this first bullet point Um, the one the couple things I want to mention in terms of um, protein consumption are this becomes incredibly important when the goal is to um, gain mass uh, lose weight or just recover in general Mm -hmm. Um, it becomes incredibly important to get in your protein Um, and you want 
all essential amino amino acids with that protein because you need all the essential amino acids in order to build muscle. So, I mean, I know that's getting a little bit further from our point, but you don't want to be taking like vegetarian or vegan protein only for your protein source. If you're a vegetarian or vegan, you need to make sure that you're getting in those other essential amino acids in order to build muscle. All right. Do you want to move on to the next point? Um, Sure. The next one is we advise that people consume at least 64 ounces, which is two liters of water per day. Um, Again, this is on the low end, but for some people that's going to seem crazy. Mm. Um, Again, I think the guidelines surrounding hydration are not um, nearly as clear cut as, as I wish they were. Um, I know I haven't gotten to dive into this as much as I want, but I know that Dr. Andy Galpin has a lot of free lectures on YouTube about optimizing hydration. Um, so feel free to, to look into that. That's something that I have on my little watch later list or whatever. Um, but in general, I think two liters is pretty sufficient. It's also a good idea to try to get in some water right away in the morning. Um, Uh, And of course, to hydrate during um, training or competition, leading up to competition and after. So we'll get into that in the next point. Yeah, the next point is just to hydrate adequately before your training and competition. So sometimes if I know a client of mine is having trouble drinking water, I'll text them the night before if I can remember and just say like hydrate because we have a session in the morning. So um, our suggestion is to aim to drink eight ounces of water every 20 minutes during training. So I have a 32 ounce water bottle. And maybe if I'm having trouble getting water in, I'll take a 32-ounce water bottle with me, and then I don't have to worry about, like, measuring out 8 ounces. Maybe just um, I will finish the water bottle in its entirety. Yeah, and that, not only is that our recommendation, but that one does come straight from the NSCA. Um, you can certainly drink more water than that, but it's pretty good uh, baseline is 64 ounces. Um The next recommendation we have is to consume a balanced pre-workout meal consisting of moderate carbohydrates and protein one to two hours before training. Um, You want to make sure that you leave yourself enough time to digest that food. Uh, In general, more complex carbohydrates, which is just stuff that's less processed and more fibrous, um, are good before training as long as you give yourself enough time so that... um, you have some energy kind of constantly coming in as you digest that, as opposed to if you just have something very processed. Pop-tarts. Uh, right before. Um, not a great idea mm-hmm. in general. Um, so there is one caveat here where if you train super early in the morning, um, eating beforehand is oftentimes difficult and many times not even feasible. So in that case, you want to make sure that you feel up the night before um, and potentially grab something quick. But I think usually if it's super early, if it's like earlier than 6 a.m. that you're working out, um, I tend to advise people to just try to make sure that you eat um, some protein the night before. Uh, Carbs. I was actually just listening to a podcast where they recommend um, to eat some slower digesting. So there's whey protein and there's casein protein. There's probably more kinds of protein than that, but whey protein is super fast digesting. So that's like your protein powders, um, which is why that can be great immediately after a workout because you can get that protein in super fast and easy. But casein protein tends to digest a little bit slower. So that can be really beneficial to have before 
bed because then it's going to slowly kind of distribute and digest throughout the night so that you're kind of in a constant state of building up and going through um, muscle protein synthesis as opposed to just breaking stuff down. So um, potentially having some carbs and some slower digesting protein, which casein protein, you can buy it in a powder form, but it can also be found in things like um, dairy is probably the easiest one, some meat. Um, so yeah, making sure that you have enough nutrition before training, whatever that might look like. Um, number five is optional. I do know a lot of people that do this, so we just suggest um, consuming a sports drink containing carbohydrates, especially if your workout is like longer than an hour, then you should maybe be doing some type of intro workout, which is just me- just means like nutrition in your workout. Um, but so if you're participating in intense activity lasting more than an hour, consider drinking something like watered down Gatorade or, um, I mean, I say watered down Gatorade because Gatorade is super sugary and sometimes we don't need all of that. Um, but if you, if you're bent on that Gatorade, go ahead and have that Gatorade. Um, body armor is the best on the, on the market. We have body armor. Yeah. I mean, it's the most natural. It's not excessively um like there's not a ton of carbs in it i actually think the body armor light is probably even better because um it's less carbs it's a little it's less calories so it's a little bit easier to kind of fit in and in general like like you said if your workout's less than an hour i usually even usually even say an hour and a half is probably not necessary it doesn't mean you can't do it um i personally like to have some type of sports drink Mm -hmm. because my workouts usually last about an hour and a half and it's sort of an easy way to get in those quick carbs which we'll talk about in a second, but quick, simple carbohydrates are really good after you work out. Um, And we'll talk about why, but in general, I don't think it's necessary to have a sports drink, but it it totally depends on the nature of the workout you're doing, how long it lasts, and then kind of what your goals and what your requirements are. Mm -hmm. If you're trying to lose weight, it's definitely not smart to have a Gatorade when you're working out. Um, But if you're looking to gain mass um, or optimize performance or optimize performance or even kind of set yourself up for good recovery then I think it can be definitely a good idea Mm -hmm. Um, next we have uh, post-workout nutrition so we recommend to consume a meal within one hour of completing training or competition you want to make sure that this meal is fast is high in fast absorbing carbohydrates so these are more simple carbs Um, And that it also contains 20 to 40 grams of protein. And in this case, we want whey protein because we want that fast digesting protein. Um, The reason that we are now advocating for fast absorbing carbohydrates are um, obviously they can get into your bloodstream back into your muscles a little bit quicker. Um, Carbs are stored as glycogen, which is stored in the muscle and the liver. And that's usually the fuel source that we rely on um, during weight training and most, most forms of training that we tend to do in the gym so if you're burning all that energy you want to make sure you replace it there's it also plays a huge role in building muscle mass um, and recovering so if you don't replete is the word um, that glycogen that you just spent working out um, you can go you can accumulate um, a lot of stress you can be in a catabolic state which just means you're breaking stuff down as opposed to building stuff up Um, so in this case Things that digest really fast, which oftentimes are processed, can be really good. Just like simple stuff that goes down easy. Um, I usually have a bagel. Yeah, we like things like bagels, Mm -hmm. peanut butter and jelly. Um, 
oatmeal like like simple not not like old-fashioned oats more like your instant oatmeal cereal uh yeah cereal fruit is great mm-hmm. um and the quantity that you consume is going to depend on your goals um if you are looking to gain mass then you really want to try to kind of push the amount of carbs that you're having post-workout um, because it's when your body can kind of make the most out of them but if you are trying to lose weight, probably give yourself kind of just enough to recover. So in that case, maybe just a smoothie or a protein shake and a banana or something like that. Mm-hmm. The next point I think is pretty variable depending on the person because I know a lot of people who don't like to eat breakfast in the morning. Um, and like we said, if you train early and you don't want to train feeling bloated or full, um, this point doesn't really apply to you. But our seventh point is to eat early and often. Not only does this tend to keep your your metabolism higher, um, but if you are trying to gain weight, you're going to need a lot, a big window in order to consume food. Um, so you want to start that off early. Typically, if I don't eat in, until like later, I'm not as hungry throughout the day. Whereas when I was getting up at 4 a.m. to eat, I would be so hungry throughout the day mm-hmm. um, just because my body was like, all right, it's been two hours, time to get some food again. Yeah, I think this one's super crucial, um, especially since we talked about earlier how um, a lot of people, a lot of athletes, particularly younger athletes, don't get enough calories in a day. Um, and when you do that, obviously you can't adapt because your body doesn't have enough resources to um distribute to processes that aren't necessary for survival your body is going to prioritize those calories for just the basic functioning that our body needs it doesn't have enough to go and build extra muscle that you don't necessarily need to survive so we need to be giving our body um, more than enough when when the goal is to to build Um, if the goal is just to maintain or the goal is to lose then I still think that this point is important because like you said when you eat more often and you introduce a lot of consistency um, it can there can be some really beneficial effects in terms of metabolism in terms of hormones um, and really I think just I, I think structure in general really helps um, mm-hmm. with any goal so eating early eating often having a big healthy breakfast in the morning is, is very important we also know that um, the the research is sort of mixed on this but it appears that there's some evidence that eating late at night um, might not be the best idea when it comes to body composition and sleep quality and sleep quality depending on yeah depending on and of course there are tons of of caveats to these things but outliers in general i think if you can kind of get the majority of your calories around the time when you're going to be the busiest um i think that's usually a really good idea and you definitely don't want to save all your calories till nighttime um, when your body doesn't really have anywhere to store or use those calories other than storing them as fat um so yeah i think that pretty much covers that one the next point is to make sure that each meal you eat contains at least 20 to 40 grams of protein um, some carbs and some healthy fats so um we won't go too much into what constitutes a healthy fat it's relatively um straightforward in terms of you generally don't want trans fats which is usually things like chips Mm -hmm. um and this is considerate i mean you should also like if you have type 2 diabetes you you are going to want to keep your ldls which is technically like bad fats low but if you are not insulin resistant i don't i think like 
we tend to really demonize saturated fats and stuff like that when um or and like really elevate quote-unquote healthy fats when there's research that goes both ways that shows like this isn't in this dosage this isn't a bad fat um and in this dosage this healthy fat isn't like the best or whatever so i would say if you aren't insulin resistant um you should you should definitely try to cut out trans fats but don't worry so much about saturated fats yeah i'm just looking up the difference for myself because i always get confused um So within this point, we want to make sure each meal contains roughly 20 to 40 grams of um, protein. We definitely want some carbs in there, and carbs can differ depending on what time of day it is for you. So maybe you're going to choose um, something a little bit more fibrous if it's further out from your training. So maybe we'll do some brown rice, um, a whole wheat tortilla, something like that. Um, And then a quote-unquote healthy fat for you. Yeah, so... You're totally you're on point. I just always get saturated and unsaturated mixed up. Mm-hmm. Um, saturated fats are going to tend to be things from um, like red meat, um, full fat dairy products, um, coconut, palm oils. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, like you said, this can potentially raise LDL levels, um, which let's I, let's not even get too much into that. Yeah. Um, anyway. Get some fat in there. Get some fat in there. Um, The next point kind of builds off the last one. It's just to try to divide up your nutrients throughout the whole day. Don't eat all your fat in one sitting or leave yourself with 100 grams of protein to consume at night. I've done Um, it. Yeah, I've done it too, and it's a recipe for disaster. There isn't a ton of – I'm sure there is some good scientific rationale behind this one, but uh, I think our reason for writing this one was mostly just to kind of – hit back on having structure having consistency mm-hmm. and in general when you kind of divide up your nutrients throughout the, throughout the day things go a lot better than when you just you eat very scarcely but you're mm-hmm. eating in large portions sometimes you're eating way less fr- from one day to the next yeah um, your body responds a lot better to that consistency and um when you're when your nutrition kind of matches your your goals when it comes to training mm-hmm I'd like to emphasize that when we say things like divide up your nutrients, that can be really daunting because you're like, what if I don't want to count my my like macros or count my calories? And what if that's really triggering behavior for me? Um, I just, you use your best judgment. So if you're thinking, hmm, I haven't had protein in a while, maybe I'll add some to this meal. That's fantastic. Yeah. Um, it, it does not need to be a rigid structure. You just want to feed yourself like you love yourself is yeah. the point no i like that um yeah i let's go there now so when it you know like we've talked a little bit about um tracking your food and some of the pros and cons to things like that i guess i'll just give kind of my general approach when it comes to helping clients with nutrition where i'm at right now and then if you want to share yours mm-hmm. um go for it but i tend to not try to advocate that people track their food unless they've kind of expressed that they haven't been able to find success without doing that. Like I typically like to try to just kind of raise awareness a little bit and let people kind of figure that out. Not not figure that out for themselves, but just try to make more informed choices mm-hmm. and be more aware of the food they're consuming and their habits and patterns and then see if we can't just, if that's enough. Because I think ideally... Um, you wouldn't have to track your food. Mm-hmm. Um, 
talking about those pros and cons, it can be really beneficial because it's an excellent tool for, for raising your awareness in terms of what's actually in your food, how much food do you need to eat day to day to meet your goals, but it can be daunting in terms of the amount of time that it takes. Um, there are some potential for, for issues surrounding um, things like, like self-esteem, mm-hmm. uh, body image, um, eating disorders. So mm-hmm. in general, I don't think that everybody has to track their food. And unless you you feel like it might benefit you, then I don't think it's something that you necessarily need to go right to. I, mm-hmm. I generally like to tell people, just try to make better choices. Mm-hmm. You follow these guidelines, try to make better choices. And if that doesn't work for you, then we can talk about um, tracking your food. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of where I stand on that. And with that said, I do have plenty of clients who um, who do track their food and they find it extremely helpful and it's helped them gain weight or lose weight depending on what they want to do. So it is a great option. Um, it's very accessible. All you need is a smartphone. So I think there's definitely some merits to it. But like I said, I don't think it should be just the default, you know? Yeah, I agree. Um, our next point is that meal prep is crucial. Um, if you are preparing healthy food, quote unquote, healthy foods, um, in a manner that you actually enjoy eating them and that you have them ready in the the fridge, um, you're just kind of setting yourself up for success. You know, if that food's already made, you're much more likely to pack food from home as opposed to eating out and maybe eating foods that aren't necessarily the best choices when it comes to your goals. And meal prep comes super in handy because let's say you your hunger is at a 10 if you didn't have food prepped chances are you're going to make some choices you might not have made if your hunger was at like a seven and you had time to go in and make some food but if your hunger's at a 10 and you have food prepped you don't have to make like silly choices you can be like i already have this food prepped yeah and i I think that one of the most common misconceptions is just that it has to be super bland and boring. Like it doesn't have to be white rice, chicken, broccoli all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, if you like that, it doesn't have to be that ever. No, it doesn't. Uh, you can still eat foods that you like, and mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be just these plain Jane foods. Um, the point is that you have whole foods that are prepared uh, that meet the guidelines that we've laid out. And you're just making it much easier on yourself because you don't have to worry about what you're going to eat for your next meal. It's already prepared. So um, we're definitely big advocates of that. Um, The next recommendation is to make sure that you consume at least 30 grams of fiber per day. This is one that I think people actually really do struggle with. Mm -hmm. Um, Do you have any commentary on that? I think that, I mean, I just think that's a good idea for everybody. Um, so that's one that I would definitely pay attention to. I think a lot of people are probably not getting enough fiber day to day. Um, we just have a couple more to mention. The last one is one that I think is super important. Uh, one that I've definitely struggled in finding a balance with in the past. Um, and that is to just allow yourself to enjoy some foods that aren't quote unquote clean. Um, at the end of the day, if 80% of your intake is whole foods, and the other 20% is otherwise, you'll be just fine. In fact, you'll be better off than the majority of people. Um, I think it's better to consume things that you like in moderation on a pretty regular basis and to be able to show up and participate in social events um, than to just go go cold turkey, make yourself miserable, and ultimately resent um, eating well. So... 
I'll, I'll let you go. Do you have any any thoughts on that one? I think some of it too has to do with like culture. I know um, natives really like to bond over food, um, and that's just like part of our culture. And to be able to participate in that for me is tremendous and makes me feel like I. I would hate to go to an event and feel like I couldn't participate in eating some really good food, um, food that is considered to be like my ancestors and um, my relatives. So um, that's also something to consider, especially if you are advising people who, if you are a a dietitian or a nutritionist and advising people um, to be super strict with their meal, like that is very culturally inconsiderate. And I think that's a a point that doesn't get touched on a lot. Yeah, I've just found that, and the reason that I said I tended to um, struggle with this is once you do, when you take a very strict approach and you find success that way, and a lot of times you will, um, you kind of don't know how to go about it any other way. So if you're like in a contest prep um, and you're being extremely strict, uh, obviously that can be beneficial when it comes to trying to um, get the best results but then you it's really challenging to go back to um, just everyday life and um, for me growing up I was overweight and I lost a bunch of weight because I pretty much just cut out everything that I thought was bad um, but that developed into a relationship where I didn't really know like I, I still wasn't eating anything that I thought was quote-unquote bad even though Um, I didn't necessarily need to be dieting, um, which just resulted in a lot of anxiety surrounding food, um, spending way too much time trying to pick what to eat. And so, yeah, and I think there are two sides to this coin because I think that a lot of people could be more considerate too when it comes to like um, pressuring people with partaking in, in foods that they don't want to eat. I don't know. I get that a ton where like, I don't want to eat something, but people just continue to push it on me. Um, I, I'd argue like that. Another side of that point too is that, um, say you are a parent and you are with your kid, and you are at a birthday party, and you aren't partaking in any of the food festivities because you think that those foods are bad for you. Like, what kind of example are you setting? For your kids and for the people around you especially when you say things like oh you're gonna have another piece of pie or like you're gonna have another piece of pizza what is your internalized struggle with food putting on to onto the shoulders of other people who might even have their own struggles with food so i think it goes both ways and mm-hmm. a general rule that i like to have is to not say anything about the things that people are eating yeah. or not eating yeah in general i think it's probably the best idea to just try not to commentate on what other the food choices that other people make and I think you're right that I think a lot of us do project kind of our views on what is acceptable when it comes to um, or what's optimal when it comes to eating mm-hmm. uh, I think we project that onto other people and it results in a lot of judgment um, so I think that's something just to be aware of um, the, the point that I really want to drive home is that no food is good or bad in and of itself it just comes down to every food offers something a little bit different when it comes to nutrition there are some foods that are more nutritious than others but that doesn't mean that you can't eat foods that aren't um, nutritious it just it just means that you want to try to make sure that the majority of the foods that you eat are nutritious Uh, that doesn't mean that you can't have things like ice cream that you can't enjoy going out to dinner 
um, eating birthday cake, like you said, things like that. So it's just about finding a balance that works for you and knowing that um, no one food is going to make or break you. All right, last tip um, for nutrition is to consider supplementing with creatine monohydrate. Um, Creatine is something that your body naturally makes, and there's a lot of research showing that it can improve performance. Um, And anecdotally, it's definitely improved my performance um, and my body composition. Mm -hmm. I noticed huge changes in the way, like, my torso looked Mm -hmm. after I started consuming creatine. I mean, that's like the area I was most focused on at the time, but um, definitely noticed a lot of difference in um, creatine or in my, in my body and my performance, like how long I was able to go before kind of gassing out with creatine. So, I mean, some people are non-responders, but a lot of people respond well to it. So yeah, at the end of the day, it's a really good tool for boosting performance and increasing Um, or encouraging maintenance of lean body mass. So even if you are trying to lose weight, I still think there are some benefits to it. There's a ton of interesting research. I haven't gotten into it as much as I would like to or will in the future, but body recomposition, meaning losing fat while gaining or maintaining muscle is very possible, Mm -hmm. um, especially if you're lifting. So I think creatine is really a, a positive thing for the majority of people. It's it's very safe there is a multitude of studies that show um that there's no damage caused when you take creatine acutely or chronically um so i really try to get as many people as i can to to take that supplement it's also super cheap um and that's just five grams a day doesn't matter what time of day yep beyond that um there aren't too many supplements that we really try to push on people um the only other ones to mention i think are caffeine caffeine can be a great performance booster but this is one that you've got to be careful with you got to know your limits with mm-hmm. and you got to know how you respond um there's definitely been some instances both with myself and with clients where they, they'll have some coffee like too close to a workout and it just does not turn out well mm-hmm. um but caffeine can definitely um improve performance um that's pretty well established beyond that um a multivitamin can be a good idea we look at that kind of just as an insurance policy um it's probably not super um, necessary, but it can kind of just ensure that anything that you might be missing out on in your diet, um, you can kind of substitute there. We also like to advocate for vitamin D. Especially um, because we live in Minnesota. Living in Minnesota, um, with COVID going around, mm-hmm. um, it's just a good idea in terms of immune health. And um, like you said, we don't get a ton of sunlight. So mm-hmm. that's always good. And then lastly, we like fish oil. Um, there are lots of benefits for joint health, cardiovascular health, uh, numerous other things. I'm sure that there are other supplements that are beneficial, um, but we try to kind of take the minimum effective dose there, mm-hmm. so. All right, well, that is about it for today. Um, if you have any suggestions for things we should cover coming up, please don't hesitate to let us know. Um, We hope that everybody has a good rest of their February and March whenever you're listening to this. Any closing thoughts, Roy? Um, Not really. Like you said, I'd love to hear from other people in terms of what they want us to talk about, Um, any guests that they might want to hear from. And I know I've had a couple people um, just express appreciation for us for doing this podcast, so I appreciate that. That makes makes me want to keep doing it. Um, No, beyond that, I mean, if you have 
questions surrounding training um, or getting getting in touch with and or working with either one of us, feel free to reach out. Um, beyond that, if you are so willing to um, rate the podcast, we appreciate that. If you share it, we appreciate that even more. Um, and thank you for listening.